Two best friends in a podcast. All right, I want to start these things off with the most unhinged facts about ourselves. Like, hi, I'm Sam, and I know someone who's screwing their cousin. What? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't, actually. But you get the idea, right? Yeah, I do. But that caught me off guard because I've known you for a while. That's the goal. That's the goal. We caught them off guard. I'm Sam. I host funerals. And I'm Alexa. I almost died. Work. <laughs> And welcome, welcome to episode two of Typical Pod. This is the D word episode. Now, if you think, if you saw the title and you thought the D word stood for dick, I'm happy to let you know that it actually means death. We're just dressed up in black to celebrate death. We love death in this household. <laughs> we do not. Okay, let's let's start this off. Let's, let's do let's this. Okay, this so. The reason why we wanted to touch on this topic specifically, it's because number one, we think it's really unique. Um, number two, I feel that we're two people who can offer very unique perspectives on yeah. at least the concept of it. I've been hosting funerals since 2017. So that has been 2018, six years now. Math. I think that's that's one of the more surprising things that you tell people when you meet I know. them. Like, I host funerals. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, exactly. It's all, what the, the reaction that I always get is like, <laughs> that's not a normal thing to do on weekends. Yeah. And Alexa literally almost died. I did. I almost died. We just wanted to let everyone know that we are going to be talking about a very real thing that happens. So in some parts of this podcast, do expect us to get real about it. Express our sympathies, of course, to the people who lost a loved one. But also do expect just a little bit, not a little bit, like a lot of morbid humor to come out. Especially um, from me. Yeah, that's how we cope. But it's never going to be at the expense of the other people who are going through a, a challenging time. So sit back, relax, and think about death with us. I've been hosting for six years now. My mom has been a funeral director for 23 years, you guys. Literally almost all of all my life, I have grown up with death being so close to home. Not in a sense that you know, thankfully, we've been blessed to not lose family members. But literally, my mom's eight to five is, is, <laughs> is that a funeral home? Is in a funeral home. She's been a funeral director for 23 years now. And as a child, like my playground was her office. I'm not gonna, you, you guys, I'm not joking. I'm not joking when I tell you that I made friends with this kid um, before he was like a, a, a son of another office mate are you mom's. sure though that he's human you know what you know what that's a good question because i haven't heard from him since <laughs> you never know oh my god it's a spirit <laughs> but, but he's a son of my mom's office mate and um in my mom's office there's this part where they store all the caskets and then one time we were playing hide and seek and of course my genius idea was to hide and one of the caskets. And you know what? I won. He didn't find me. <laughs> Did you become claustrophobic? No. At all? I accidentally witnessed an autopsy. Oh, that's amazing. I love autopsies. My oh my my dad, he I should I'm gonna have to talk to him about this. Although to be fair, I wasn't traumatized by it. There's like a small pigeonhole uh -huh. window. And then he lifted me up and then these workers are just 
doing their work with, with like <laughs> okay what did you love most about it? <laughs> I just saw oh my god no I just saw like um I just saw like what three seconds of it and I was like that's that's interesting okay what was your first like exposure to it my first exposure it wasn't it was it happened very late in in my life oh. the first time that i actually encountered it was with my grandmother she died of an old age i was in high school probably mm-hmm. she was very close to me mm-hmm. but the weirdest thing was i kind of struggled to get emotional okay but it's not to say like i i was very close to my grandmother it wasn't anything that has to do with the relationship but it was more so that even the deaths that followed after mm-hmm. i i couldn't really connect i think it's you it's not just because you're not as emotional doesn't mean that you're not grieving yeah right? like if there's one thing we've learned especially as of late um is that people grieve differently yes and maybe it's a trauma that's walking in i, I don't know. know yeah i couldn't like i feel like with my grandmother there was this understanding in me that was okay she's old this makes sense to me ah okay and then the one that followed was my grandfather and then i saw him actually getting embalmed trigger what? warning Who allowed you? I did. Um, I saw it through a window. He was on a slab, on a metal slab. Uh-huh. And he was being brought out of the bag that he came in. And then I realized, I'm like, okay. So what, what, <laughs> what was so sobering about it was the fact that they're treated like, maybe I, it's not to discredit anyone in that industry, but then also I feel like they're so desensitized to it. They kind of treat you as just like work. You know, you kind of lose the humanity side of mm-hmm. it there. Interesting that you say that because one of the things that I was going to touch on was how I coped when I got in the business. Oh, yeah. There right? We go. Wait, how young were you? Like, how old were you when you started this? I was a fresh graduate. I was 20? 19, Oh, okay. 20? Yeah, so 19, good grasp of the yeah. whole. Good, good. <laughs> that girl. <laughs> Around that time. Yeah. Like, pretty good grasp. You guys, it was Oh my gosh, it was not easy learning. If you think about it just conceptually, you just okay, so how a funeral hosting works is they have like a customized program like for those who are being cremated specifically. So, if you're someone who gets cremated um in this company, then part of the services that you're paying for is this like beautiful farewell program that they arrange for you. So basically, you know, you just guide them through the final viewing and then we bring out, you know, all these other uh like objects that they can write on they can mm-hmm. put flowers on like it's a really beautiful farewell that they put together so as their host it's your duty to um guide them through the entire ceremony but another aspect and layer to the job is you have to also get to know these families as well because um apart from guiding them through the ceremony you also have to do a little bit of a tribute for the person and imagine you're someone coming in um having no idea who the stranger is And you have to say, you know, the nicest things about this yeah. person. But you don't know who that is. So part of the job is calling up the families, meeting with them in person, really trying to get like a sense of what this person's character was. In the process or as a result, you're exposed to all these stories, you know. And imagine the amount of stories my mom has. My experience now coping with it in the beginning when I was being trained, I could not get through a program without crying with the people like i'm such an empath that way like if i if i see you cry i cry so don't cry <laughs> you know so imagine just like a room 
full of people crying, yeah. openly grieving, as they should if they want to do it, right? And so I would get choked up. I I would not, I could not say my lines. And then at some point, I, I realized, you know what, if I want to do a good job at this, like it's good that we show heart because we don't ever want to give the impression that we're treating other human beings as just work and objects. Like you have to have heart. Um, but at the same time, I felt like I was getting in the way of how I work and the quality of my work. So I was mm-hmm. like, you have to detach. So it's like, th- you know what, let me do voice acting for this. I'm disassociated and disconnected, but you can hear the emotions in my voice. I, I tried that for a bit. I yeah. tried the voice acting technique and it didn't work because honestly, I felt like crap just because I felt like a complete asshole. Like, why would I dis- Why would I allow myself to disassociate? Like a, por- a good percentage of myself is not present because I was trying to protect myself. And I felt like I was being selfish because like, you're not the one dealing with the loss. You're getting paid to do this. If anything, you should be grateful, be in the moment, just grateful to have that, to have the opportunity to make a living. It's just, oh my God. Okay. A pathological people. Okay. okay. <laughs> I am a pathological people pleaser, but that was my thought then. Like, yeah. you know, these people are shelling out money to say goodbye to a loved one. It doesn't feel fair to me that I'm not 100% present. Yeah. So over time, I've learned how to develop uh, a good, tolerance for if i get emotional i just allow myself to get emotional and just swallow that you know swallow those tears up and then let's let's go on with the show i've gotten better i don't cry much anymore unless the room is just the entire room is in tears because to be fair i have been in rooms where people really 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 seemed like they didn't want to be there okay okay which brings me to my questions what's the worst um story you've heard about uh person and then the best one that you're just like oh i can't believe they're gone the worst one meaning like yeah like the worst way they they said goodbye no the worst way where it's almost like good (laughs) (laughs) to be fair okay (laughs) did you hear what she said Good riddance. No, because I there are morbid humor is gonna come out. Right, there are people who are like that, you know. But um, they've lived such like terrible lives. You kind of just, oh. To be fair, I only get what like ten percent of the story. Like, what can you really learn about an entire person's life in a twenty-minute conversation, right? Yeah, but sometimes they do something heavy that it comes out. Okay, I'm gonna tell you guys a little fun fact. The most common problem <laughs> that my mom has experienced is a messy family drama that involves a man having a wife and then like 500 other girlfriends. <laughs> Can I just say, even in death, men are such inconveniences. They are. They actually oh are. It's so strange. Like, all you could ever hope for when you fly to the skies is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> creative ways of just right at least a decent funeral where everybody is at peace or if not at peace at least just grieving you yeah. and then you add drama to that what are you a kardashian like <laughs> keeping up keeping up with that oh my goodness okay and just a quick disclaimer here we're not going to name any of the families we respect their privacy i'm just telling you guys of a collective 
observance, yeah. <laughs> I guess. The stories that I would usually come home to, she'd be like, oh, there's this family, like, you know, arguing over assets because apparently there's another girl claiming it and like has a child with this other woman. And then there's another younger woman involved. And I'm like, it's are a full blown TV me? series. I had, you know, I hosted a program once. How the story went is the, the, the wife did not know about it at all. And apparently the other woman showed up at the funeral and introduced herself and just expressed, you know, her sadness over losing. Or this did man. she want money? I don't know. I never got to that part, but she was apparently really sad. And the wife, of course, was like blindsided angry furious like it was an entire scene okay imagine like you're there right you're grieving mourning your husband the loss of that thinking of all the times like the life you built yeah. together and then someone comes along and discredits all of that memory I know. I know you know what I would hate my husband so much I'd I would probably kick his casket I'd probably kill him again if yeah. that makes sense <laughs> I would probably kick the damn casket and then be like you know what Reserve that burial ground for me. Throw him <laughs> oh in gosh. the throw him in the creek. So oh. I just think of the different ways I have seen people grieve. Mm -hmm. When I tell you that like the most pivotal moment I've had, I saw very clearly. I'm never one to judge how other people grieve. I know about how it doesn't manifest the same way. Yeah. But there's this one time, just everyone was so ready to have the program be done because they didn't want to be there. And I literally at one point heard a teenage kid say, when is this ending? <laughs> yeah. When is this ending? And when I was interviewing um, one of them for the tribute, it's like, I left it at that. Um, in English, that means I'm not able to say much. He didn't really have. And then left it at that. So I was oh like, my God. you guys, I remember. New fear unlocked. <laughs> I swear to you, I was 21. I was uh, a year in this, this job of mine. Yeah. And it was a Saturday afternoon. I have the memory of a goldfish. So, you know, this stuck with me. And I went home thinking. What kind of life did that person live for everybody to, you know, to just not want to be there? Yeah. And that was apparently that you'd think I'm making a judgment just based on like, a, you know, a two hour program. But apparently nobody even wanted to have a burol. What is that? What's that in English? Wake. Wake. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> I am an expert. <laughs> oh my God. They didn't even want to hold a wake for this person like as soon as that person passed away they were like okay you didn't get any like context clues from i didn't want i didn't want to pry because how do you just come up to someone and say why is that no, no 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 i mean like no. I, you were you were interviewing people uh-huh there would have been like context clues as to why where no, you they didn't would have always leave me hanging they would start oh. i swear they would start they like what she said oh i don't really have much to say because he's not really and then left it at that so okay. Like, what if? What if he just didn't have friends and those people? That, those were his family. Oh my god. We're literally getting one side of the story. The other person can no longer speak for themselves. But if it's that many people, uh, I don't know. You but, can just be unlucky also to have to be like the nicest person on earth and just be surrounded by the worst people on earth. 
that's a thing too. Okay. But just basing it on the surface level, you know, how it looked like to me, it really made me wonder what kind of life do I want to live? Because me personally, I want people to show up to my funeral. Don't rush my wake. Spend as much time as you can with my physical form. <laughs> Please perform songs, have eulogies. Like I want, I want flowers and chocolates. Yeah. You know, um, and it, Around that time, I was working a job that I was not passionate about. I didn't really have money to go out with my friends. So I wasn't building, you know, a, like a super solid connection with them because I wasn't present for a lot of things. And it really made me think, okay, so if I, if I just go now, I'd go with a job that I didn't like and without remembering the last time that I spent time with my friends. Mm -hmm. So the existential crisis was just... Yeah, let's go. It's a terrible <laughs> way to go. It makes me second guess me being a terrible person. You're not a terrible person. Occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, you know. It's the bipolar. Oh my God. Does this feel heavy? Does this conversation feel heavy? Of course, it will feel heavy. It's that. It gets lighter. Yeah, it's that. To recap, I was way too emotional in the beginning and then I had an existential crisis. After going through those two things, I am now a certified funeral host. I have a healthy level of association. I no longer have existential crises. It, it's, it's a weird thing to be exposed to on a weekly basis and for my mom. You know what? I do want to say on the record, I think 23 years of servicing families who have lost a loved one has really shaped my mom into like the compassionate, kind person that she is. Yeah. But I do feel like this is one of the jobs that, that's more of like a... It's a lot like a doctor's job. Yeah. Wherein you're kind of like walking this line between questioning your mortality and just that's having true. it be really close to you like that. And you know, as, as you grow older, you, be, you, you notice it more. That's true. Oh my God, for sure. Right? So you're kind of tiptoeing that line. Like, How do you comfort yourself when it <laughs> bubbles up like that? Because you have hosted for people who are way younger than you are. Oh or maybe gosh, your those age. Are the worst. Those are the worst. I have a rule. They, I, I told them, do not call me up and ask me to host it if it's a kid's funeral. I cannot, you guys. How I comfort myself is by not thinking about it. <laughs> I guess the number one lesson that I really want people... Like whenever someone would like to talk about it, the number one thing I would always say to them is be prepared. And I guess the way I comfort myself is knowing that I'm prepared. Like, I know what I want people to do with my ashes when it's time. Oh, I'm not prepared for any of that. I do have yeah. a letter in my laptop, though. Yeah. Be as prepared as you can be. Because if anything, the saddest, saddest, saddest thing I've ever witnessed in, you know, in this job is people feeling incredibly upset because they didn't get the chance to say goodbye and the confusion that follows because they weren't prepared for it i was talking about preparedness in the sense of more for me and i ah. haven't actually done anything haven't made any efforts or any moves to have that part of my life planned out mm -hmm. i don't have a life plan i don't have any of that and what i always say is wrap me up in a newspaper and throw me somewhere you know what i respect it yeah. if that's what you want yeah, you but know. also I I was already like I already had my name added to the list of people in line for cremation. You just have to make a guesstimate of when you're going to Jeez. <laughs> That's true though. But you have to follow the line for it. And I, I guesstimated. She guesstimated. I guesstimated that maybe 2080 something is the will I be how old will I be then? I didn't do the math. 
When what? What are we trying to sum up? My guesstimation of my cremation. You said 70. Yeah, but that's 20 what? 20... 80. What year were you born in? Jeez, I'm not gonna let's... disclose that. Okay, I'm gonna... <laughs> That's in... Huh? Okay. You know, I don't know how to do the math for this too. <laughs> I don't know why I assumed I could. <laughs> math. You're but what if this. I make it to 100? You never know. <laughs> oh, I don't want to make it to 100. <laughs> I'm sorry if we got really, really dark there. It's it's inevitable when you talk about death. It's just it's it a comes real with thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a real thing. We're not in the business of marketing it as like a rainbows and sunshine concept, you know. But if there if there is anything that uh, I feel like we can impart, you know, is that you're never really ready for it, whether it's for you or for the people around you, but you do have to be prepared for it at the very least. At least for me. Like, I would rather, if I go, I think my soul would be more at peace if people knew to throw my ashes in the ocean. You know what? Someone has to educate me on that. Like, is that going to be good for marine life? I mean, you're, you're organic matter, so. Oh, a but marine biologist. You will be feeding the fishes when you die. I'm okay to be in fishy stomachs. Yeah, and then they're going to poop you out. Again, and then I don't know. They're going to poop you out, and then you're going to be a part of the white sand in Boracay. <laughs> oh my. So apparently, we learned, we learned from our dive instructor um, in Boracay. Yeah. Shout out to Tom. Hey, Tom. <laughs> hey, Tom. But um, when we were looking for a spot to dive in, so he was like, so did you guys know that the white sand in Boracay is actually fish poop? Yep. And we're like, cool. Yeah. We frolic in that all day. All so day. when you, <laughs> when the fish digests you, and shits you out, and then you become part of the sand, that's a circle of life. <laughs> it is. I'm just at the beach forever. <laughs> yeah. you know? See, I am fish poop. Right? You're gonna stay there. Yeah. And then you're gonna be the speck of sand, just going. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'm in people's butts. <laughs> inside of a shell yeah i do not want to be oh my gosh no what if i what if my sand self ends up in someone's butt, butt crack. cheek? Yeah, yeah butt crack and then that person goes back to the city that would def- and i would just end up in a drain oh, oh, oh but she washes me off right yeah and then i end up in the drain and then the that leads to the ocean I what from finding no. nemo yeah when you flush a toilet that's that's where the water goes no where does it go? It doesn't go to... It definitely won't go into... The, we would have died if, if it went to the ocean. Oh, where does it go? Brain-eating amoeba and all that. Oh my god. <laughs> but you know what's worse? See, this is an appropriate topic. Because appropriate it went to death immediately. Oh my gosh, but where... Okay, so it washes me off. Yeah. Where does the water that goes through the drainage go? It, it, it goes someplace that's not the ocean. Where does it go? It's untreated water. It has to be like a... So it's sewage water. Yeah. Yes. That leads to the ocean. No, it doesn't. Because your poop will be there. Do you seriously believe you're swimming in your poop? No, but... Well, and technically, because sand is fish poop. But that's fish poop. Where does sewage water go? What? See, it goes to a plant. A water Okay, magna See, educate. okay, so I'm, I'm right with it being untreated water. But and then they you- treat it. And then... Okay. okay, so our, okay. our sound director just ended this debate. Yeah. If you didn't catch that, sewage water gets treated and, and then it's sent back to the ocean. Sent, it's sent back to the ocean. Yeah. So that's 
then the less ideal situation, you know, if I end but up you, in someone's you, butt crack, yeah, but I go through a process. Uh, you know, part of me. Does. I mean, good on you. You get a shower every so often. <laughs> but Ooh. you know what would really suck? What? Is if I'm a sand um, that falls out of a person's butt and the sand falls on, on concrete just somewhere, like on a sidewalk, because what, where's my chance now of going back to the ocean? Just crawl for it. I can't. <laughs> Let the wind blow you. Ooh. Where? To a roof? Like, imagine if that happened. Okay. Yeah, I would, I really, if I do become sand, I, I really hope I don't end up in someone's butt. No, I don't feel like you will. You know, the worst thing probably will be being stuck in a stranger's slipper and then being carried all the way back to the city. No! Or what if I'm left on a plane? Well, you'll be on flights all your life. Isn't that fun? You know what? This is too risky. I don't want to be thrown in the ocean anymore. <laughs> You just watched me change my entire life. <laughs> you know what you should do, though? Um, get thrown out into an ocean that people don't often swim in. Where there's where Ooh. the marine life is crazy rich. Ooh, that's a good idea. Right? Someone just paddles out in the middle. In the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. And then throws you out there. Or the blue hole. Or the Bermuda. No. <laughs> there's too much going on there. I feel like... You should be resting. The who, drama is just too intense. Who, whoever is going to the Bermuda to throw my ashes in it might not <laughs> make it back. To yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, let's, I'm, I'm just going to die there. You know what? Let me it's think about it. Let me cross territory. that bridge when I get there. Okay. Yeah. I'm sold on being thrown in the ocean, but like, I, I don't know which, which ocean yet. What I did tell my um, siblings is that, and it's written in that letter, is at some point, I do want us to pick a province of our choosing, uh -huh. have a small, quaint little home built there, mm -hmm. and then have a tree planted. And then that tree is where all of our ashes will go. If I go first, that's where my ash... You, you'd want to be a tree? Yeah. Trees get cut down. No, it's, it's going to be a tree in that property. So it's there, and every time one of us feels sad, they just go back to the tree and talk to me. But what if it gets cut down? No, it won't. Of course, they're not gonna cut it down. It's me. But what if some like businessman takes over the like buys the the land and builds a condo unit, like condominium on that land or a mall? That's hap that happens here in the Philippines. No, a but lot. that's our property. Who says we're gonna sell? What if? What if? What if? Well, what they can do is maybe it's your property that you own. But what if the bank just like. We want that back. And then, or, or if someone wants to buy it. Apparently, that's a thing that happens. I learned this from an ex-boyfriend. So, um, they, they own the property. And someone who's, like, really rich in the political world really, really wanted that land. So, they kind of sued the family mm. into getting them to sell the land. They put forth, like, a bunch of, like, proof, you know, proof that they weren't taking care of it well. Okay. I, I don't I, I don't remember all of the details, but someone can just have the power to be like, I want that. Or what if you or your family encounter someone really sinister? Like you either sell me the land or I kill y'all, you know? Okay, you can uproot a tree. You can uproot it and then move it somewhere. Okay. So what what they'll do probably is who, just who have that bring, tree. Who carry the tree? There, there are trucks for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just need the logistics for it, yeah. girl. So, um, I'm going to be there. And then so will my siblings. And that's going to be our tree. That's where we're going to... Oh, what if 
there's like a, like a thunderstorm or like a storm. A typhoon? Yeah, a typhoon. Is a yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna fall, but then it's gonna grow again after it's all over. How do you know that? Oh, like yeah. that tree in the 9-11 that yeah. survived the whole thing. Yeah. There we go. So that's that's my whole like death plan. It's gonna be a tree, I'm gonna be a sand and people's butt cheeks. Yes. want to give a quick shout out to my mom she is literally one of the kindest people you'll ever meet and i do believe her experience you know having death as her eight to five played a huge huge factor into that because she could be met sometimes loss brings out the worst in people yeah emotions are heightened and you know they're tasked to be there and arrange everything you know yeah. so my mom sometimes get families who are more not irate that's the most to cut- just karen's assholes I don't want to call them that. They're grieving. You know what? <laughs> I don't care okay. if you just lost like a, I don't know, a really, really important person. It takes, it will take a lot in some people, but it should not be your default to be, you know. An asshole about it? Yeah. You know what? That's fair. Because you know what they say, like mental illness does not give you an excuse to be an asshole. Mm. Right? The ideal situation for my mom is that she's greeted with a family that you know knows that she's just doing her job yeah this person is literally helping you out in this difficult process yeah. the least you can do is be nice to them yeah my mom though her tolerance for <laughs> yeah I've the seen most... Tita. she's she's a very patient woman you it's guys, almost unfair to an extent it's almost it feels unfair like i do not deserve the patience that she shows me the patience that she shows you know me what? sam really doesn't ah she really doesn't okay Tita has is the most caring woman. And sometimes I'm like, she literally just moves around so much. You yeah. Know? She needs 100 everything. miles per hour. And the moment she found out that I love Nutella on sandwiches, she won't stop offering me them. <laughs> she's, she's such a caretaker by nature. The amount of patience she, she extends to everybody around her is just overwhelming sometimes. That's true. And yeah, the fact that that extends to strangers. Yeah. Tita, calm down. <laughs> no, she cannot. She the moment she stops moving, she feels like she's not doing enough because in the your in, back hurt. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, it's the nature of her work. She's a funeral director. She's basically a production team, All right? Hands on deck. <laughs> not the rubber. You're so dumb. <laughs> I mean, so, we wanted to make this episode lighter. Sure, with that, with that song reference, it worked. Okay, we did do like introductions in the beginning, and Alexa did mention that she almost died. Almost died. I feel like that's something uh, based on Alexa's reference as well. We can save for another episode. Yeah, we can talk about mental illness on another day. That's yeah. gonna take us a while. That's gonna take us a while. <laughs> and we'd really love to be a platform that offers people support. Yes. You know, so maybe for this one, we're going to stick with Death and all his friends. Yeah, Death and all. Her friends. I do have this one horror story that Tita, Sam's mom. We're going to horror stories. I love these. Yep. Okay, quick intro. This involves a tragic mass event that resulted in the passing of hundreds of people. Given that my mom works in a funeral home, uh, it was the place that they decided to bring in all those who have passed. But it was a big, like, guys, we are talking about hundreds. So you've heard of stampedes, right? 
it's not exactly it's okay it's not a horror story like you know, someone haunted yeah. but it's terrifying that yeah, my because mom it's the, did this it's the reality of a situation yeah. like this because you hear about something like this in the news and it stops there but the behind the scenes yeah. of it what happens so, after is kind of what's terrifying a little jarring. bit yeah so before my mom went on so they were their team right and someone was in charge of calling up families or helping identify the tragedy surrounding the situation is so difficult to wrap my head around because my mom's responsibility yeah. that night was to open up each and every one of the body bags so that a photographer could take a photo yeah. of these people and so that they can be identified. If anyone has ever watched um, Grey's Anatomy, there's an episode there. There was like a Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferry, jeez. <laughs> like, how many people can be inside a Ferrari? <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a ferry. Mm. There's a ferry that hit the dock or whatever. And a lot of people uh, were injured or passed away because of it. And there was a system that Alex Karev specifically built where he had he took photos of each and every person inside the body bag, put it on a centra board so that the families could know, okay, that's my relative, that's my daughter, my son, so on and so forth. So that's the system that they tried to implement in this situation. So my mom <laughs> was teamed up with a photographer. It was just the two of them handling like, all of these body bags. Can you imagine, number one, when I talked to my mom, I was young. I, I think I was in high school or grade school. I remember we had a house help then. Mm. And my mom would work extra hours and would come home like 3 a.m 4 a.m and then she would have to shower and was either the house help or me or my dad who would stand by the bathroom door waiting for her to finish showering because she was scared to be left alone because can you imagine just yeah. four hours that's what you see and i i don't mean this in a demeaning way at all but as someone who's worked in the industry as well there is a smell that comes with you know Decaying bodies and death as yeah. general. Like, I know what death smells like. But I don't know what that smells like when it's, it's there. It's fresh from the tragedy. I don't know the science behind it. But imagine my, from the eyes and the ears and the nose of my mom, it was a completely different experience. Yeah. So you open one, take a photo, you move on to the next one. And each time you're met with a, with a different face who you know has left people behind. Um, mm. A smell that you know will stick with you. You know, so it was... I don't. I honestly don't know how she didn't quit after that because my my mom is a superhero to be completely honest. But I I, I would not have the courage, also the the tolerance to go through something like that. That would fuck me up. More so because I'm very curious about these things. I would have loved to like do the job. Not the not what happened, but just doing the job may have been very interesting for me. It's interesting to think about. But I don't think my mom would like to relive that anytime soon. Obviously, no, nobody's hoping for a mass tragedy. Yeah. Um, but the reality that, that what you said is right. You know, for a lot of people, it ends with the news that you get. Yeah, but the people that deal with the with tragedy the aftermath. once after you talk about it, right? Yeah. You hear about the families. Oh, I just had a thought. Mm. You haven't said typical that in the entire episode. Because none of this is typical. <laughs> Later, maybe when we. That's actually true. <laughs> this is all. I'm we very... can keep that in. Yeah. But yeah, you you hear about the news and the families, and where we don't often hear from is you know the people. Yeah. That actually, work to help us all these things. I guess I want to cap off this part of the talk by saying our salutes and our hearts go to those who are working in the industry. Of course, too. Yeah. Um, the families who are left to deal with loss and death and all this, friends. 
Oh, we did say horror stories and just yeah. said one. No, I have one. This one is probably the one that stuck to me the most because we we had an ancestral home somewhere Ooh. in the city. Yeah. It was it was a very old home and there were lots of stories in that house. We don't hang photos around the house, um, around that house because we have doppelgangers there. One time there was there was a photo of my grandfather, I think. I wasn't born then. There was a photo of my grandfather. And then my uncle was still a child then. And he would look at that photo and see an old man. That's not my grandfather. So a soul was living in the photo. So he, like, he didn't recognize who that was. And okay. so my aunts were like, what do you mean? That's your, that's your grandfather. And then he was like, no, I, who is that? Are you kidding? Yeah, somebody was living in the photo. So apart from that, there was this oh other. <laughs> See, it's it's a that house. Alex is a very good horror storyteller. Yeah, because um, I grew up in in that house yeah. and those stories. So the other incident was um, there were plenty actually. This doppelganger got around the house. <laughs> so <laughs> having the time of her life. Yeah, she was just like, "Oh, you look nice today. Let me copy." <laughs> Honestly, word. Yeah. I, love I love that I'm the peg. I love that I'm the peg today. <laughs> yeah. So we had a room there where my aunts slept. They share that room with my grandmother then. And it was my grandmother's habit to wake up at 3 a.m. and do an oration. Okay. Um, she would wake up at 3 a.m., pray her rosary. On one of those mornings, my tita woke up especially early and then saw her mom, my grandmother, at the edge of the bed praying the rosary. Okay. Just praying the rosary. And then they didn't think anything of it because it was the normal thing that she does. So, but my aunt had to go to the bathroom. And so she went downstairs. And when she got there, she saw my grandmother at the altar praying her rosary. And so she was like, what? What? <laughs> she saw my grandmother at the edge of the bed. Uh-huh. But then, she also saw my grandmother yeah. by the altar. And so she was so confused. Like, <laughs> what? What? Teleport? <laughs> Where you? Where you, Grandma? <laughs> yeah, she was so confused. And so she went upstairs to check. She didn't go to the lady on the couch first. She went upstairs. And when she got there, nobody was there. So where was Grandma? Grandma was downstairs. <laughs> and so she slept and stayed there with my Grandma. Wait, there were two doppelgangers of Grandma? No, my real Grandma was the one downstairs. Okay, the other okay, one, okay, okay. the doppelganger was upstairs praying at the edge of the bed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, okay, not gonna lie, I was confused for a second there. But yeah. I think I'm the problem. <laughs> okay, so the, the doppelganger was the one praying at the edge of the bed. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's extra creepy. Yep, because she was just... My, <gasps> my aunt can hear the prayers of the Hail Marys on the road. Oh, no! <laughs> pray you were just supposed to copy my style <laughs> she was doing that and then i think oh. the other incident was um with my dad my dad was copied Where? he was doppelganged <laughs> is that the verb for it i don't know that sounds like a completely um, different yeah thing. It, it's no Where? um he was he was copied by the same long story short he wasn't at home but then my grandma, my grandma found him there and was like, what are you doing here? Why aren't you in school? And then he wouldn't respond. <laughs> the doppelganger was like, you know what? It's me, but not really. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't scold me for what your son is doing. Yeah. So the, she was so mad. Like, why aren't you in school? It's a weekday. Yeah. And then my dad gets home from school 
And then he gets the scolding of his life. Like, in his <laughs> uniform. <laughs> like, what? That's her. I went to school. What are you? And then they found out later that my that, that wasn't my dad. Okay, but how do they how do they prove it? Because your dad had proof that he did go to school. Yeah. And he was in his uniform. He just <laughs> arrived. I was like, you, what? Can you imagine being your dad and being like, I'm so tired from school. I had like five tasks. And you get home and you're like, why weren't you at school? What, what? do you mean? <laughs> Typical. Typical. <laughs> Typical to get scolded for something. You know what? Doppelgangers are actually siblings in disguise. Because yeah. isn't that what siblings do? They just get you, you know, scolded and punished for things that you didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Doppelgangers... Slay. <laughs> yeah. I have just one more story. This one is also equally terrifying. So one of my aunts gets home from work really late. And as aunts do, they play hangaroo or text twist. <laughs> I was I was a like a nine-year-old kid playing text twist. Yep. It, that shit slapped. It did, it did. And hangaroo as well. Um I love she would spend her nights playing before she goes to bed. And uh-huh. we had this um old boxy computer at the sala. <laughs> And she would play, right? And everything else was dark. Like, all the lights were turned off because she's a very, like, gutsy woman. I'm starting to get scared. <laughs> no. Um, okay. I like this. <laughs> so, she was playing. And then, at some point, while she was trying to guess a word and hangaroo, here, her shoulders, she saw hair. And then she was like, huh? But she had the her hand on the mouse and on the keyboard. And then... A hand grabbed her hand and moved the mouse around. No! And so, if you picture it, um, a person was behind her with her hair like this, um, leaning forward. Yeah, and, crouching over her, basically. Yeah, playing the game with her. And so, she couldn't move apart. <laughs> the, ghost was, the ghost just wanted to play hanger. Yeah. Yeah, I know this word, bitch. <laughs> Let <laughs> me answer for you. Dumbass. It's taking you so long. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So the ghost was on a mission. Yeah, she was. And then, oh my God. so she couldn't move apart from the hand that was moving her hand. Uh-huh. But she felt it. It was cold, everything. She couldn't really, like, all the hairs on her back were standing and she couldn't do anything about it. And then eventually, it disappeared. Like, you know, like a transparency. Like, eventually, she saw her hand yeah. through the hand. And then it ended. She didn't shut down the thing. She just turned off the voltage regulator and ran. What was the hangaroo score? I don't know. She just freaked out. <laughs> you you know what I would do, but my competitive ass would have been like, okay, but what was the score we set? Because if because if we had set a high a new high score, then this works. We can tan them. I feel like I would just faint. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have just fainted. But it's so funny. You know what though? That would be you as a ghost. You would be if you had gone first before me. And for example, like I was, I, I I'm so into crosswords now. You guys, they're so fun. Yeah. I love it. But, you know, you you could be watching me finish, like, a line and be like, dumbass, just get my phone and just type it. Like, Alexa? (laughs) And your phone just floats and you're like, okay, you know what? I understand. (laughs) Something you would do if you get frustrated with me. How would you be like as a ghost? Oh, my God. I feel like I'd probably just... Would you like people? Yeah, I would love scaring people. That would that would be such a thrill. You know how they say that when you sleep and you feel uneasy, somebody's watching you? I would be that. You're an asshole. I would just be You're like, an actual jerk. And I'm going to be watching people touch themselves. Would you do that to me? Oh, my, no. <laughs> Ooh. 
I Ooh. want a new best friend. Those moves are lit. Alexa! <laughs> no! <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, this is typical Alexa. Yeah, this is typical. I'm so stressed. Isn't that the best thing ever? No. Or, or it's just not. be like, haunt people in the ocean, right? So you're there. Why would I do oh, that? You're enjoying your surfing session. Let me pull one of your legs. <laughs> you can just we, really quickly. You huh? can. <laughs> you can kill someone. Oh my god! You are gonna be the worst. I pray you never die. <laughs> just cause of, you're you're weird, man. It's gonna be so fun. Will you haunt me even if I tell you please don't? I mean, I feel like I would do things that would let you know that it's me. You know, you know, I don't trust it. Because, like, a, a demon could be here right now listening to you and would just, like, come up with this 50-year-long plan of no, making but I me would, think like, that it's you and then I'm gonna let it in because I would think it's you. And then I'm just haunted and my family's cursed for the rest of my life. What would you do? Okay, what, what would you do as a ghost to send me the message that it's you? Huh, that would be fun. Okay, maybe I'd start by going to your office, right? Do the, do the common thing. Do the common thing where there's CCTV. My office? Yeah, there's CCTV everywhere. And then I pull the drawers and then push a chair. You know, those things. And then have all the monitors flicker all at once. Oh, bitch, that's me. <laughs> Alexa! And then I would, leave, I would leave a note on, like, your monitor. I hope I go first before you. I hate you. I hate you. Or, or I'm just going to set your wallpaper in the office as my photo. The way you always that's do with my phone. That's, okay. <laughs> that's fair. Right? I just be like, and then, oh, you're here. <laughs> that's so scary though. Without context, I'm like, you know, I'm having a normal day. It's like, oh shit, she's here. Welcome back, I guess. How's I heaven? Mean, I'm gonna take it easy on you and like use an actual photo that you have of me instead of me in a casket. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> That's scary. I'm not going to recover. I mean, <laughs> that's the best expression. Do it. Do it. There you go. That's the face I want. I feel like the way I'm going to haunt you is I'm going to jerk you awake and be like using my really, really annoying voice that you hate. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. That's what's going to stress me out so bad. It's probably not even going to scare me. You'll be like, Sam? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to be so worried because between the two of us, I feel like you're more likely to be like, I saw you having sex. Oh my God. <laughs> I would, be, you know what, Alexa? I don't care how dead I am as a ghost. I would not watch people do it. You know, I, I just for the thrill of it, maybe if you go first and I'm on a date with this person, right? Yeah. I'm just going to inadvertently ask. So are you okay with my dead best friend watching us have sex? <laughs> no. <laughs> I will not number one. And he shouldn't be number two. If he's into that stuff, run. <laughs> run. But you know what I would do if you started dating? Oh my god. Wait, how, how young do you think I'd be when I die? Would, do you assume you'd still be dating at 70? No, but like I'm picturing because we're talking about it now. I'm picturing like right us now. If, like, I, if, yeah. if we were a ghost now, I feel like I wouldn't. Okay, if you had started dating this guy, I would stalk the crap out of him. Oh, that's I a would, good use of I your would, ghost powers. I will. I would monitor him. I would send some, like if he ends up not being good, I would just every time you go on a date with him, you'd come home to your place thrashed. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I was like, not this guy. That's awesome. But if and I, it's the worst punishment for me too because I would hate that. Yeah, Alexa, Alexa cannot stand a, a messy place. Like yeah. one pillow out of place, done. So that's how I would send my message. I would stop the guy that you're dating. And if you guys are already together and he cheats on you, I would you would have to perform an exorcism on him. I would possess him or maybe you. Just to murder him. Are, are you sentencing me to a life of imprisonment? <laughs> I mean, better than a life with a guy who's cheating on you. Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> what logic? Okay, we now move on to typical topics. It's a segment that we have wherein we put forth, you know, concepts or questions, see if we have the same stance on things. And uh, we're going to try to keep our answers concise so we can cover a lot of topics. And also, the 200 listeners that we had for the first episode. Uh, uh, Thank you, guys. Okay, typical okay. topics. Cremation. Yes or no? One, three. two. <laughs> you have to be, be in sync. Okay. Hey, one. <laughs> Let's start with one. Okay, okay. okay. One, two, three. Yes. Oh, uh -huh. you don't want to be cremated. Wow. I, I want to be cremated because for vanity's sake, I know I would be dead then, but uh -huh. I don't want to be eaten by maggots. That's just... Uh, Is that so, a thing that actually happens? Yeah, because you, you already went. You're dead. Do you want to go again? <laughs> right? So I don't want to be slowly eaten by maggots. I just want to be ash that people carry around. Okay, I want to be cremated for two reasons. Number one, it's because I'm not, I'm never sure. No one is ever sure when a property is going to be what it was. Like, we've heard of stories about, you know, cemeteries before that are now condominiums oh, or yeah. malls, you know? Yeah. So I don't like the uncertainty of it. And number two, I do want to be back in the ocean. Like, you can't bury a body in the ocean. Just have you throw, throw you overboard. Yeah, no. I don't want to be that. I don't want to decompose. Yeah. Technically, you're decomposing when you're being cremated. But, like, it's fast. I feel like it's the better way. Because if you don't want to splurge for a casket, you could just have your urn be there. Yeah, like a cute little... Yeah. But also, probably I'm I'm going to like to be displayed before I'm cremated. Because I want people oh, to be able... Displayed. You, you want a wake, Alexa. I want to be displayed like on a on Like a, a chair. work of art. Yeah, on a chair. Just like... Just like <laughs> with like a pink mascara. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. been fun. <laughs> okay. Wearing... Having people wear black to your funeral. Yes or no? One, two, three. No. no. Oh. Yeah. Well, you, yours is pretty... You like black. I like black, black, but I have made up my mind that when I die, people are going to wear red because I particularly hate... Birthday? No, because I particularly hate that superstition where you're like, you can't wear red because the spirit is going to follow you. What? No, I think the superstition is you can't wear red because it's a celebratory color. No, so um, it's offensive to... I have family members who are like, that's what they believe. Like, you can't wear red because the spirit is going to follow you and they have actual stories of that happening to them and I'm like, why would I make an effort to follow you? You just said you wanted to haunt people and watch them. Yeah, no, but like if you're un if you're unimportant to me, I would just rather stay here and listen to people talk about me. I just I didn't think that there was a whole history behind that. Yeah. I don't want people wearing that. I want everyone to wear the brightest colored outfits. Because you know what? If I do end up going at the time that I hope I go. You know, it would be, I'd be fine. I'd yeah. be at peace. And regardless, I think, I just don't want 
just in pictures. I just don't want it to look dark. Like I was never, I am never a dark person. You know, I'm sunshiny. Yeah. So keep it that way until the very yeah. end. Like wear your yellows and your reds and your blues and your greens. I want I want the people to look like a Crayola box. Okay, because I would I would also I have instructions for my funeral for my for my sister. It's in that letter. I'm like, here's the playlist. None of these songs are gonna be sad. If people can dance, let them dance. I'm gonna have a Taylor Swift playlist playing on my yeah. Like shake it off because uh, with the with this with this kind of and she's behind some being committed. I've got a blank space. <laughs> You're too much. Eulogies. What are your preferences for Ooh, eulogies? Okay. okay, one, two, three. What's the answer to that? <laughs> it's not on. It's not a close-ended question. Hold okay, on. I'm gonna keep this short. My stance on eulogies. Um, if you guys have ever read Tuesday with Mori, he had a basically where people have eulogies for you before you die, so you get to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it just for like to to be sure. I want to hear it while I'm alive, but yeah. I also believe we're gonna hear it even though we're not. I hope anymore. so. I'd be so pissed. If I it, feel like it's gonna be like watching on a flat screen TV and being like, <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> Did you just lie about who I am? Alexa has always been the sweetest soul. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> are we sure? <laughs> Why were you invited? You obviously didn't know. <laughs> You're a liar. You're a big fan I would, liar. If, I, if I'm there, literally, I would storm the stage and be like, no, she wasn't. Next. Yeah, Take one right yeah. here. I would, I would rather have people be really honest about who I was. That's true. Yeah, instead of them lying to my dead face, I would, I would much prefer it if people were like, "We were friends, but I never got a gift from her." See, that's yeah. true. That's yeah, me. That's, that's very. But that doesn't make it terrible. It's yeah, just... but like they're being real about their encounter with me. Yeah, like, like I, I would send her texts, but she never replies. I love all of the gifts that I didn't set, that I didn't get from Alexa. <laughs> Make it a roast. Make it a full-on roast. Oh, yeah. I would right? love a roast. I would love a roast. Oh, no. I, I would not love a roast for me. I'm sensitive. I, I would love a roast. <laughs> Just be like, and this bitch. <laughs> Do you approve of the Filipino death culture and their superstitions? One, two, three. No. I have thoughts. Okay. I think, I, cause, just because I respect our culture. <laughs> I'm so scared of getting canceled. No, but I think the way I I approach it is there's no profit and loss here. You can do something and it won't cost you a thing. Except for when you go to 7-Eleven. So for those who are listening who are probably not familiar with the Filipino culture when it comes to death and their superstitions, we have a bunch. Like if you attend a wake, you can't go straight home. You have to go um, someplace to make pagpag is what they call it. Basically, the whole idea is that you drop the spirit off somewhere else yeah. first so you don't carry them along with that's you. That's why our 7-Elevens here just... Yeah. I'm pretty sure all of them are haunted if that superstition is true because everybody goes to 7-Eleven or McDonald's. Yeah. You know, but there's no loss from it. You know, just... If you have the time and energy to do it, do it. But I'm telling you guys, like, my mom goes to the funeral home every day. Do you think she has time to go to 7-Eleven every single day to drop these souls off? Like... At this point, the souls are probably sick of my mom. Like, oh, this bitch again? <laughs> I love my mom. She's not a bitch. But like, this this one again? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And the amount of mamons that I've taken home. Because that's another thing. You can't take home the food that is being yeah, served. That's the one that I particularly hate the most. Yeah, I think it's just a strategy so that they don't run out of food because people would take them home. Oh, no, 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 no. I had a grandfather who passed away. Their family, well off. And there was a lot. 
like a lot of food in the funeral home and we were having the wake and everything. And I wanted to take home some of the food, yeah. but we weren't allowed to because of the superstition. And I think what happened was um, they donated the food to a prison. I might get canceled for this. I hated that because I'm a relative. I should get the food first. What do you, you mean to tell me you care about the ghost following me, but not the, the inmates? <laughs> what? We actually follow that logic. So aren't you just cursing the inmates? Right. With the soul. Right. <laughs> you're, you're sending ghosts to prison. Yes. Yes. That's terrible. It is. It is very terrible. <laughs> so I, I, I particularly hate that. And then also, I will never not cut my fingernails at night. Yeah. I will never not sweep when someone is dead. What do you mean I have to live in filth when someone dies? <laughs> what do you mean? That I can't shower. <laughs> what? Who said you can't shower? I can't shower. You can't shower during Holy Week, apparently. There are so many things that you're not allowed to do Aww. that I feel are just like excuses to live in filth. That's not what it is. I apologize on behalf of Alexa. She does. Her opinions sorry. and views are not. You know what? They're not typical. <laughs> They're not. It's just Alexa. Obviously, we can't control what you guys do. It's just our personal stance yeah. on things. Me being not typical is typical of me. That's true. But, you know, like the elders say it, in Tagalog, wala namang mawawala. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Would you rather die abruptly or know that you're going to die? I'd rather know. Just because I want to be able to say goodbye. I would rather know as well, but closer to when I'm like, say, for example, I get an illness um, and then I get like maybe six or three months to live. I would I would like to know closer to the D-Day. Okay. But I wouldn't want to know like years ahead. That's, oh, that's, too, that's too long. It would impact my life so much. Yeah. I'd want to say if you learn like a little longer than in when it's going to happen. I'd like to say I'd quit my job, I'd travel the world, but then I'd have no money. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, but then again, your entire life becomes dedicated to preparations yeah. for that day. That's true. How do you want to die? In my sleep. I don't, you know what I don't want to happen? I do not want to get murdered. I would be the most pissed off ghost ever i would hate to go that way like because I, I think i would fight i think that's what's gonna get me killed i'd be at, at the gates of heaven be like do you want your pizza no are you gonna murder him for me if i was given the chance i probably will if you were given the chance and you'd never get caught i don't want you to live your life in prison if everything else is assured like if i'm not gonna go to prison if god is gonna be like i forgive you my daughter because i don't want to end up in <laughs> I mean, I love you and everything, but come on. We can bond in heaven. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> the way I'd like to go is also through dying in my sleep. Because I don't want to get run over or burned to death or, you know, those, those things are just too much. I do not want to die doing something I loved because then my family would hate that I was doing that. Well, that was a typical topic. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. We promise lighter ones in the next yeah. one. Follow us at TypicalPod on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a feedback. Thank you so much for sticking around with us for this really weird, weirdly interesting Non-typical episode. Non-typical episode. Non episode. Once again, it's two best friends. In a podcast. Typical! typical!